Glad you're here with us this morning. I'm Don Jackson, one of the pastors here on staff at Oakwood. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to show you in a little bit and introduce you to some people. Uh, But before we go to the uh, kind of rundown of announcements and things, I just want to, we need to be praying today for Darcy McLean, Rod and Darcy. uh, There's a mission in Africa, Malawi, right? Am I, I got that right? Darcy left this week and headed there for two weeks to do incredible things. Bible school, like like a huge, like 1,500, expecting 1,500, 2,000 a day. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Yeah, and so uh, she did not, uh, well, she got there fine, but her luggage did not. So we need to be praying for Darcy that they uh, resolve that and get some luggage to her. She's only there for the two weeks. So be praying for that. We would love to hear. We're going to have to have more information come about this mission, about what's happening there. It's exciting what they're doing, uh, the, what God gave them, and uh, how Oakwood could become a part of that. Let's just stop and pray for Darcy right now. Let's do that. Father, we do lift up Darcy as she's on the ground and uh, going to be a busy two weeks of uh, ministry, opportunity, caring and loving and sharing. And, and God, we just pray for uh, just an overwhelming uh, overflow of, of great time there uh, as, as she serves you. We pray for the luggage situation to be resolved uh, somehow, either luggage showing up or enough things to cover her in that time and give her safety as she returns, Lord. We thank you for this ministry opportunity. We pray your blessing on it in Jesus' name. Amen. So on the screen, I'm going to go to my little thing here. By the way, if you're visiting with us, I don't do this every week. This is every once in a while, about once a quarter, I do a fireside chat where we catch everybody up on what's been happening. So this was several weeks ago. The sign was taken down, stored in the barn. We have the old sign. Eventually, we're going to put that old sign uh, out in the uh, pavilion, uh, PB&J pavilion, once we get that built. But this was the tear down, the demolition, cute little gadget he brought, and boy, knocked over those posts. Now, again, those are fake. I, I, you know, I thought they were real. Uh, I thought it was actually somebody built a rock, and it wasn't. It was that licking stick stuff that you just put up. Uh, but it was rotten on the inside. He toppled those, took those down, dragged them away. You can see how they're hollow inside. It's just a, uh, but he tore out all the, the stuff, got it, got it out there by the dumpster, tore it apart and got it all thrown away. And then here comes the new sign. It was delivered, and we thank the chestnuts. Sean Chestnut brought his gadget out here and, and was able to lift the sign, get it in place, uh, uncrate it, and get it all set. And uh, so thankful for all the work that was put into this. Uh, Nick Cronenberg did all the electric work uh, to get to the sign. We appreciate Nick. Uh, and then, of course, Sean getting the sign actually laid in that exact spot. And they got it bolted down, hooked up. And there it is. Jim Speezy is in the background. He's always around here making sure things go well. I think Brian Mikesell, Brian Mikesell oversaw this whole project for me, uh, contacting Brandon, contacting the sign company. Uh, so there it is. Now, okay, yeah, before you clap. So I just want to recall a long time ago, I cast the vision for this sign. And I told you on that day, I'm going to draw my version of what this sign looks like in my mind. This is before we had the fun. I did pretty good. Let's just recognize the fact that I nailed it, okay? So the one on the left, 
The one on the left was the one that I kind of just drew in my office. And then the real sign, look at that. It's pretty close, pretty accurate. Now, we don't have those pillars on the side yet. We've decided to hold off on that until spring. And so we're talking about building those pillars back so it has the look of the old sign uh, without all the scrub underneath there. Yeah, let's just thank the Lord for the new sign. And I'm excited about we have that. So many more opportunities to put messages up and not have to walk out there and put individual letters up there. And that sign is gone. Amen. (laughs) We were able to donate that out. So congratulations, church. Good job on that. Thank you for all the hard work, seeing it through. Appreciate all that you've done there. Uh, Real quick, before I go into the rest of it, uh, we have something in the OSM, our student ministries here at Oakwood. On November 4th, we're doing a rake and roll uh, where we go and rake uh, leaves from houses of people that might need that extra hand, whether it's elderly, a widow, or, or somebody that just doesn't have much help and can't afford to get it done. Uh, we need names of those kind of houses. So if you're at Oakwood and whether you need that help or you know of somebody that you would like to nominate because maybe they won't ask, but you would turn them in for us, uh, call the office. Call the office and let us know. Uh, we're collecting those names now. On November 4th, the student ministries will show up and rake, uh, put it in bags, leave it out by your, the street for you. And, uh, and then we go off, eat pizza, and then play bowling. That's what the rolling part of the rake and roll. We rake and roll. That's what happens. So we need names of people, uh, people that we can help that will just make a difference, okay? And then let's see. Uh, da, da, da. Harvest Festival, you can put those up there. So I looked at the weather. Shouldn't do that. Shouldn't do that. Somebody tell me to stop looking at the weather a week in advance. The good news is they're usually wrong a week out because right now they're calling for rain. So let's pray that they're wrong, okay? Uh, we uh, don't have a plan B, uh, and so it's either it's uh, either light rain, barely miserable enough that we can still have it, or um, if it's really hard rain, we just have to cancel that. Don't ask me what I do with Mount Candy in that case. What do you do with a Mount of Candy? I'll be asking for people's freezer space so we can freeze it until next year, I guess, right? You've done a wonderful job bringing in candy for this event, and Mount Candy grew really well. In the last week, it really grew to that point. It needs to be about belt high for me, and it's about there. And so you guys have done really well bringing in that candy. The plan is to have this event, pray that we get a good window and have some decent weather. Uh, We love this opportunity for the community and for us to serve our community, and we'd ask you to step up. So I know you... A lot of people wait. We only had 31 people signed up. We need 50 for trunks. So I'm praying that you guys will respond today and sign up out there and be a part of this. Uh, the trunk is easy. You just you either decorate your trunk or you play a game out of your trunk and the kids come by, you hand out candy. Uh, and with 50 cars, we've got a nice big circle in the middle out there. And it's going to be a great uh, opportunity just to meet new people in our community and welcome them here. So be involved, but please, sign up. Sign up. Don't worry about whether the weather, we'll figure that out and let you know. Uh, But we need your participation for Harvest Fest. Now, here's what we need to do. Uh, We don't usually do this, but if you've got your phone, got a gadget, whip it right on out there. Go to Oakwood's Facebook page. Go to Facebook, go to Oakwood Community Church, and there you'll find a post about Harvest Festival. Would you please share that post? Just share it. Um, And I know that different people have different levels of difficulty. Has anybody ever touched technology and it just goes haywire? Yeah, I understand. I understand. So 
you should be able to just click a share button, but for some reason it wasn't showing up. If you push the three little dots on the right side of the post, it'll give you some options and underneath there it should say share this post. So just share the post so that if we do that, Thousands of people will see that information because you have a bunch of people. Everybody has a bunch of people. So if you share that, it's the best way to get the information out. Okay, share that, and we'll be in touch with you this week to let you know the the uh, status of this event based on the weather. All right? All right, I've been stalling long enough, saving the best for last, introducing our new pastor and his wife, Ted and Jen Jones. Yep, Ted and Jen Jones. Ted's been a friend of mine for about 15, 20 years. Uh, he was at Mottville, little small community church down in Mottville, close to Indiana border, for about 15 years. And then he's been in Grand Rapids for the last uh, dozen or so years. And uh, Ted comes to us from Jamestown Baptist Church. If you want to, because that's another reason why you got your phones out. I knew you were going to do this anyway. Start creepy stalking, okay? I know you're going to. This is why we did not give you their names until they announced it, because I knew you'd be out there creepy stalking on Facebook to see who they are, see stuff about them. Uh, but now you're totally free to do that. Everybody has been made aware of that. Uh, his church, his youth ministry, the uh, leaders of that, everybody knows uh, that they are moving toward us. And uh, yesterday he coached, he's a soccer coach, and he coached his team to a victory in Lansing. Next weekend they go to Chattanooga for nationals. And so he's a soccer coach, excited about that. Um, and so be praying for Ted and Jen. She goes by Jen. We check to make sure, you know, it's, Jennifer seems a little bit more appropriate, but she doesn't like that. So Ted and Jen Jones, and you can look at them online, get to know them a little bit as they wrap up things there in Jamestown. And then uh, they will be here the 1st of December, starting the 1st of December. We'll let you know what we're going to be doing as a church to help them make that move. Be praying. Uh, you know, they currently, I think, have a 2% interest on their current home. And to come here, percent interest on their current home, it's going to be an 8% or more. Uh, and taxes are like three times as high. And so it's, it's a lot happening. Cost of houses are really high. So just be praying for that whole thing as they've been searching for homes here, um, trying to find something. They want to live close. They don't want to live far away. They want to live within 5, 10 miles of the church. And so just be praying for all the logistics, all that, and then we'll let you know how we can help. There's going to be a move-in day, I'm sure, where we need strong backs. There's going to be uh, some filling their pantries with supplies so they come here ready to hit the ground running. All those kind of things we'll let you know about. But we're excited about Ted and Jen Jones. So do you guys remember the story when I took the teens, it must have been two summers ago, I took them to the beach. Pastor Ben had us go to the beach and the bus caught on fire. Remember that? You guys remember that whole story? The wheels caught on fire. We told you that whole story. And I told you the Lord provided because I speak at this winter camp every winter for the last dozen years um, that is near Jamestown. And that was kind of where the bus was on fire. And so I called the pastor there. Remember I told you, I called the youth pastor for help and he connected us with Nathan. Nathan came, saved the day. Remember that old story? Well, this is Ted. Ted is that youth pastor that I've been friends with. Been speaking at his youth ministry for uh, over a dozen years, every winter. Um, funny thing is, is uh, he announced to his youth staff that he was leaving and coming here and, and uh, he told them it's Don's church. And uh, I'm like, oh, that's it. They're, they're, they're going to be mad. And so then he, he was setting up winter camp and he said, who would you guys like me to talk to? They said, we want Don back. And, and so I'm actually going to go speak. Now I'm afraid they might take me hostage. So 
They might be having me to, to take it out on me, but we'll find out. But it's kind of a neat uh, connection there. We're excited uh, for Ted and Jen. They have three uh, married boys. Uh, their boys are all married off now, and so they're uh, empty nesters. And uh, that's about all I can tell you today. We'll get to know them in the future. Thank you for praying for that. I am so thrilled that help is on the way. I am excited that we're uh, uh, looking at a great future for us at Oakwood. I do want to end by just saying um, we as the elders keep an eye on our finances here at Oakwood, and uh, we don't know what's going on. Uh, just That's a great way to put it. We just don't know what's going on. We're 25% behind in budget this year. We've never been that far behind. Now, Two theories. I'm just going to give you theories today. First theory, times are tough. Amen? Finances are hard. Everything's more expensive. Julie and I went to the store. I couldn't believe it. I thought it was, I thought we were shopping for Thanksgiving already because it was expensive just to buy groceries. Um, people work for the auto industry. There's a lot of money. I, I, I'm hoping it's that. Simply that times are tough. Second option. Um, you know that we've uh, not had a couple of pastors on staff and uh, that we've paid off our building loans and we've been doing some projects with that funding. And so some of you might be thinking they're doing fine. They don't need money. Uh, we hope it's not that option. Uh, we don't know exactly what the reason is why we're behind 25%, but I can tell you this, at 25%, we can't afford a pastor. And so we need to do something. And so I just simply bring it to the church and say, come on, uh, just do your part and give and uh, we will be fine. We, we would like to catch up, um, but at least starting today, we need to say, okay, we've got a pastor's coming and that salary needs to be taken care of. And so we need to step it up as a church. I'm positive we can do that. Please don't take this as being scolded. Uh, we, we love you guys and we thank you for your support. You've always been great. Third option is you hate your pastor and you want me to go. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what it is, but we really don't know. Uh, but if you uh, are, are okay and just have thought, well, Oakwood's doing great. They're in a better spot than they've been forever, which is true. Um, you know, really that giving toward that general fund is how we pay for things like a pastor's salary. So uh, just let it be known and let you take care of it. I expect things will turn around, okay? Uh, let's pray toward that end. Let's pray for Ted and Jen and for our church, our budget and our finances, and then we'll get into our message today. Father God, I thank you for just this opportunity we have as a church to add to our staff God, this helper who's coming for being our assistant pastor. God, we, we miss having a youth pastor right now, but this assistant pastor role uh, will help us with ministries, with small group, with discipleship, the things, the core things that we want to be good at. We need some assistance. And so, God, I pray that you would help us. Um, help Ted and Jen right now. We pray a prayer for them as they uh, wrap up their ministry and as they sell their home and then find a home nearby for, for them to come to us. Uh, God, I pray you'd oversee all of that. Uh, help them, and, and God, financially help them. Uh, may it just be a blessing. Uh, may we be able to say, you provided. And uh, God, I pray for our church, uh, too. I pray that we would step up as a, as a body and make sure that we're funded in a way that we can support this, uh, this pastor coming. And God, I just, uh, again, I pray that you would... Um, Encourage your people um, here at Oakwood. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and run that video.
chapter 4. I uh, hope you enjoyed Cole last week. It was great to see one of our own young men come up and preach. So that, what a blessing that is to a church to, to see that happening. And I thank you for supporting that. Uh, I had a great weekend at Barakel. A couple of the men came from Oakwood, and uh, we just had a wonderful weekend there. Uh, four men gave their lives to Christ uh, at the camp last week. About 300 men were in attendance. It was a great weekend, uh, so we're still thankful for Camp Barakel. Thankful that you allowed me to do that, by the way. As exhausting as it is, it's refreshing for me. It's one of the things I love uh, to be able to go and do that. So thank you for providing for that. Did a wonderful job with verses one through six last week. You know, you hand off a passage. Uh, I, I told them about a month and a half in, in advance. Told them what his passage would be, and I sent all the material that I use in preparation. And and uh, I was hoping he would cover that passage. But sometimes when you hand off a passage, and the pastor coming's like, I've got something better in my pocket. I really want to do this other message that I've worked on. And so they'll talk about that, and then they'll go to their own thing. Cole did great. He actually covered the passage we were talking about. He did great. Yeah, appreciate him. And I told him so. He did such a great job of covering the passage last week. It was, was about the body. It was about all. Everybody say all. It was over and over and over again repeated all. All of us. All, 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 right? The one God, one body. We're all together. And so we move from that to this week to uh, verses... 7 through 16 is what we're going to cover today. I want to remind you that we've already covered the idea that Paul gave us about being rooted and established. Rooted and established. So that's going to play into today as we talk about the main goal of a church. Let's pray together and we'll go into this passage. Did you pray with me? Just say this prayer. You don't have to say it out loud. God, since there's something you want me to hear, I'm willing to listen. Just give that prayer to God. God, since there's something you want me to hear, I'm willing to listen. God, I pray that uh, you would be glorified. People hearing this would be edified and that Satan would be horrified. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's big idea is equipped to serve in a community of unity. Equipped to serve in a community of unity. Everybody say equip. Equip is an important word today. This is one of those passages where there's, there's about three or four really important words that you need to grasp what Paul is actually trying to say. And equip is one of the main ones today. Equipped to serve in a community of unity. That word equipped in the Greek is katartismo. Katartismo. Yeah. Yeah, it's a hard word, right? Only reason why I bring this up is because you need to get an idea about what he's talking about. Now, there's a lot of definitions for this word, and the first one that comes up is to reconcile between two political parties. Well, that's not it. And that's not what we're going to deal with today, and right? That's not happening. So that's not the word equipped that Paul was using. The second option was to set bones in a surgery. That's not it. Uh, we're not talking about that. But the third option is the option, and it's the definition of to restore, to prepare, or to create. You can see that word kind of fleshing out there. If you're trying to repair uh, a rift between two political parties, it's, you know, if you're trying to set bones, right, you're restoring them to their... And so the third option is the one that Paul is using to restore, to prepare, 
or to create something. Well, let's look at the passage and read it, and you can find out for yourself what kind of equip is Paul talking about. I'll read, you follow along, Ephesians 4, 7 through 16. But to each one of us, grace, or gifts, has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. Now, did you notice that a lot of that was in between little print, those thingies, right? Uh, This is classic Paul. Paul's got something he wants to say, and he ends up going down a rabbit hole he didn't intend on, and now he's stuck. And so now all of a sudden he's explaining ascending and descending and all this kind of stuff, and it really isn't the point of the passage, but he's just pointing out here that God gave us gifts from Christ. And he used a reference, talked about ascending and descending, what Christ did after his death. But don't be confused by all of that. The key there in verse 7 is God gave us gifts as Christ apportioned it. Now after the, we go to verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip, there's that word, his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. A couple of things I want to point out as we get into this passage today is how Paul is talking to a church. It's so easy for us to individualize all of Scripture. And there's a lot of times when you you can do that and think, what does this mean for me? What do I individually need to do? But that is such a Western uh, American type of thought, lone, rugged individualism, right? It's all about me. It's all about me. Interestingly enough, a lot of times in Scripture, passages are written to the body, Here's how the church should be when we are together, right? Isn't it interesting that in Revelation, we have Christ talking to the churches in Philadelphia, Laodicea, to the churches. And so we often individualize everything, but in this passage, I want you to be thinking collective. Everybody say collective. Uh, uh, Togetherness. He gave the church the gifts When we talk about spiritual gifts, we individualize that. What are my gifts? And and honestly, we do the gift assessment, and those are important to do. We did that this past summer. We had a great response from several people that stepped up and said, I need to serve, and here's what I'm gifted at. But we tend to individualize it so much that we think that everything's about me. My gifts. How am I going to use my? And honestly, we got to flip that 
and be thinking collectively. The gifts were not given to individuals for individuals. You're not an independent agent. God gave the gifts to the body, to his church. That's where those gifts are acted out. God, in his own way, appropriates those gifts, so he makes sure that Oakwood has all the gifts we need. We have a gifts mix, right? You guys, you, you guys have those fall mixes right now? Does anybody in your family make those little fall mix? My wife has a great recipe with the little pretzels, the little golden grams, and then the candy corns. And then she's got these big old honking pumpkins out of sugar in there. And then peanuts, right? Am I giving away a secret? Am I, am I not supposed to give away the whole big recipe? She makes this up. It's what? Okay, I didn't say everything. I didn't give you all the stuff. But it, she, put, she makes it in a big cauldron. And then she whacks it all around. And then she, she puts them in Ziploc bags. And they go to everybody. All of our family, we all get. And then it's in my truck. And, and I found myself going through the mix this week. And, uh, you know, I just can't have so much sugar. And so I'll reach into the bag while I'm driving. And this is why you don't want to be around me when I'm driving. I'm distracted. I, and I grab a handful. And I'm like, I don't want that big sugar pumpkin. I got to put that in the bag. I don't need all these candy corns. They're too sweet, too sweet, too sweet. Now I've got a handful of pretzels and, and nummy, nummy, nummy goodness. And you know, it's wonderful, right? God's gift mix, kind of like what we think about in that bag of all this stuff, and it, they're all different. We have unity with diversity, but God does the mix. He mixes it all up, Right? And you don't get to pick like I do, like, I want this, I want this, I want this. No, no, God does the gift mix for the church so that the church is gifted appropriately. He does that. That's another one of those places where as a pastor, I'm so thankful. I don't have to manufacture that. You know, I don't have to go, Ryan, I need you to have this gift because Bruce, I need you to have this gift because uh, Todd, miss, you got to have that gift. So if I as a pastor had to organize all this, it would be a mess, Right? And I would probably only gather with the people that had my gifts because I get those people, right? Um, You know, people with the gifts of mercy. Drive me nuts, right? You know, put those over there. Uh, God gives the church everything it needs. And he's the one that appropriates it. But it's for the body. Again, we got to think about the body. So what is the key in this passage? If you could think about the context of what we just read. I think... The key is, the goal is a mature, unified body of believers. Everybody say mature. If you're taking notes, this is one of the fill in the blanks. The goal is to have a mature, unified body of believers. That plays off of what Cole talked about last week. All, it's one body, one God, one Jesus, one church, all together, right? And that leads us to today, that oneness needs to be maturing, We've got to be growing towards something. We're maturing as a unified body of believers. And in this passage, I believe there's a couple of things that are needed for us to be maturing. Why we're maturing, we're, we're equipped to serve. The Bible talks about that. He gave, let's read that again. He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to equip. So you're equipped to serve. A lot of times we get this backwards and we think that the apostles, the pastors, the prophets, those are the leaders. They do the work. They do the ministry. 
God gave us them to work it. No, no, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says you got pastors and leaders to equip you to do the ministry. Everybody raise your right hand in the air. Raise it high. Everybody say, I'm in ministry. That's right. Put your hand down. That's like on Sunday mornings. We should probably do this every Sunday. Alec, we need to do this more often. Everybody needs their right hand and say, I'm with the band. We're all in the band because we're, we're not performing for you. We are collectively worshiping God. There's an audience of one every Sunday. Amen? It's an audience of one. You're in the band. Some of y'all can't sing to save your life, but you're in the band. We're doing it together, right? All right make a joyful noise, right? Yeah. That's what God is, is telling us here is that we are equipped to serve. How he gave the church some leadership, some giftedness in order to help you, the body, do the ministry. Now that's important. Be thinking about that today. We have pastors and leaders not to do the work of the ministry, run around like little busy bees. And I'm going to tell you that's the number one problem for you and your church is your pastor is a doer. And we know that. We all recognize that. I'm a doer. I just, I like to do things. The problem with that is that tells you, look, let's watch him kill himself. Yay. Our pastor's insane. He, he'll do everything. We'll just watch him die. And, and I, I love churches. It's God's church. We got to be supportive of church, but churches will kill their pastors. Not on purpose. I've traveled the country and talked to pastors at pastors conference. I have a whole seminar on your church will kill you. No, they won't. They love me. Yes, they love you. They do. And they will kill you until you're dead. And then they'll find another pastor because all pastors are interim pastors. We're all replaceable. And whether you want to or not, churches will sit back and watch their pastor do all the work of the ministry. And it's doubly bad when you've got a pastor who's a doer (laughs) because I'll do it. You know, one of the things that we talked with Ted about is Ted, you need to come in and, and talk to Pastor Don about some of the things that he's doing. He's like, do you give me permission to do that? He's a really nice guy. Yes, you do. So if I see you doing something, I can say, are you sure you need to be doing that? I'm like, yes, I'd like to hear those kind of comments. We aren't supposed to be doing all the work. We're supposed to be equipping you as a church, the body, to step up. So we're equipped to serve. Everybody say serve. We're unified in faith. Everybody say faith. We need to be unified in faith. We don't all agree. That's beautiful about the body of Christ. There can be disagreements on peripheral things, right? Uh, Issues that we might not all agree on, but we are unified in the faith. We believe in God the Father, maker of heaven and earth. We believe he sent his son, Jesus Christ, the sinless one who died on the cross for sins so that we might be saved. We're unified in that, amen? We'll stand together on that, the faith, the gospel, even though we're diversified in our different kind of thoughts on different kind of things. We're unified in faith. We're growing in knowledge. That's what it said in the passage. They need to be growing in knowledge. It's not a pursuit of just cranium. It's not just a pursuit of just, I want to be smart, but we do need to be growing in our knowledge of God and of his word. That needs to be something that, are you any more mature than you were five years ago, Christian? Are you thinking about that? Then we need to turn that on its head and say, are we as a church, Oakwood, growing in knowledge? Are we growing? 
Are we, are we learning from his word? That's all part of maturing. And then seeking the fullness of Christ. We're going to talk about it at the end of this message today. The fullness of Christ. Not just the peripheral stuff. Not just the easy stuff. But are we growing in the fullness of all of who Christ is? That's a big task. Those are the four key things that I see in this passage. But the goal is mature, unified body of believers. Everybody say mature. So how do we get there? How do we become mature? Now, I don't mean to geek out on you today, but again, there's a couple of words we just got to talk about in the Greek. I don't always do this, but this, this time it was important. Andres telios, becoming mature. In this passage, what Paul uses, Andres telios, which means to be complete, full, or filled with purpose. Now, don't start asking yourself, am I complete? Am I full? Am I filled with? Ask yourself, is Oakwood, is God's body complete? Is it full? Is it filled with purpose? The result of being full, complete, and filled with purpose is that we will no longer be tossed back and forth by the waves, Blown here and there by the wind. That was in that passage. There's a result of this. Maturing brings us, but don't take it to the individual. Because again, I know that most of the times the application here is, am I blown here? Do my itchy ears want to hear only what my itchy ears want to hear? Me, 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 me. No, this is about the body. Is the church maturing? Is Is the church blown here and there by every wind of doctrine? Or is the church standing strong, full, complete, filled with purpose? We need to be thinking about our body. I know it's easy to think about because you show up in your own car and you sit here with your own coffee on your own phones and then you leave and go to your own car and you go to your own home and everything's about me, 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 me. Think about the body today, all, one. How do we as a church mature? Is there a component of individual? Yes. The body as a group of believers is affected by you as an individual, right? It's like marriage. Two partners come into that. They both affect it, right? You're only as healthy as a couple as you are as individuals. So church, we're only as healthy as you are as an individual, but don't always think about just you. If, you, if you're thinking about just me and how am I doing and how are my gifts, then you get, you get everything backwards. Because then you'll say, that church isn't using my gifts the way I think they should. I'm going to go to another church. I'm just going to be a loose agent. I'll just apply my, my giftedness over here, over there, over anywhere. No. No, you need to be thinking about the body. You're a part of the body. You need to individually be healthy and growing so that the body can be healthy and growing, and no longer tossed back and forth by the waves. The Bible actually says no longer as infants. It's a terrible picture of seeing a baby in a boat, you know, and hopelessly drifting, and the winds and the waves are tossing it around. Nobody wants that scenario. One of my favorite change of names there's debate about it, uh, but, but I think it was a change of names was Simon to Peter in the Bible. I know he's called Simon Peter after the change, but uh, there is a very clear passage of scripture where Jesus is asking his disciples who people think they, that he is. And he gets his whole disciples together and he says, who do people say that I am? 
Remember, they said, some say Elijah, some say, you know, Elisha, some say, you know, whatever. Um, and, and then Jesus says to Simon Peter, he says, who do you say that I am? And Simon says, I believe that you are the God. You know, he, he calls him deity. He, he claims that he is who the Bible says he is. And Jesus says, ding, 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 ding. Yes, and I'm going to call you Peter, Right? What's the big difference? What's the big deal about that name change? Well, the word Simon, the definition of the word Simon, is there any Simons in the room, by the way? No Simons? Okay, let's pick on Simons today. The, the name Simon means a reed. Why is that important? Have you ever seen a reed in a field? Dried reed? What does it do? It just blows back and forth with the wind, Right? Simon's name to this point was Jello. That's his name. Simon, the wavy one, he's back and forth, you know, he's not so sure, not so steady. What does Jesus do when Simon gets it right and knows that he is the son of God? What does Jesus give him as a name? What's the new name? Peter. What a great name. Why? Because it's Petra. Petra, those 80 people, 80s rock and roll, Christian rock and roll. That was my first Christian rock and roll I ever heard was the band Petra. David Cunningham was my uh, counselor uh, at Christian camp, and he played, uh, he had a Walkman, I remember that. He played a cassette of Petra. Woo, man, I just blew my mind. Because Petra means rock. Everybody say rock. Actually, Petra, the band, put that on on their albums. Petra means rock. Petra means rock. So here's Jesus and Peter in this scenario, right? It's Simon. Everybody's calling him Simon, the shaky one. Hey, Jello, how you doing, Jello? How, how you feeling there? You know, and all of a sudden Jesus goes, "Who do people say that I am? You're the Son of God." Bingo. And I'm going to call you Petrus from now on, because upon this rock I'll build my church. So he went from shaky. To solid. I love that. I love that imagery about Simon Peter in the scriptures. And I think of that when I think of this passage. We don't want to be Simons. As a church, we don't want to be jelloish. We don't want to be reeds that just kind of blow whenever the wind is blowing today. That's not who we want to be as a church. I will tell you that I've been here for eight years, a little over eight years, and I've had an elder board that whole time. We have never wavered from the fact that we're going to teach God's word. We're, we're, we've never wavered and said, maybe, you know what? The winds of culture has changed and people don't agree with us anymore. Maybe, maybe we should change. We've never, ever, ever, you need to know, that's never even been an option for us at Oakwood. We don't care what this world chooses to all of a sudden embrace or disembrace. We don't really care what the world would tell us that we should be doing or thinking or teaching. We teach God's word to the best of our ability as clear as we can see it. And that's a good thing. Oakwood needs to remain Petrus, Petra strong, not waving in the winds of society today. Are we going to be a popular church? We don't care. Are, are we going to be a, um, an acceptable church that all people can come in and everybody feels like they're approved of? No, we'll accept everybody, but we'll only approve what God approves of, amen? And we will disapprove of things that God disapproves of. 
even if it's not popular. That's, that's what I believe this passage is telling us as a church, as a body. We need to be Petra strong. No longer tossed back and forth by the waves. Blown here and there by every wind of doctrine. No. So what's our challenge to consider? How can we mature as a body? Everybody say body. A couple of things. We need spiritual gifts from Christ. That's what this passage tells us. In order to be a mature, unified body, we need spiritual gifts. Number two, we need Christian leaders. That's why God gave to the church the apostles, the prophets, the teachers, the pastors. He gave us leadership to equip us, right? So we need spiritual gifts. We need Christian leaders. And we need complete participation from every part of the body. That's how a body is matured. We're growing if we have these things. We're maturing if we have these things. Now, I'm just going to do a little assessment. Can we do a little assessment? It's not just enough to have good goals and good mission statements, but how do you... How do you see if you're measured? How do you measure it at Oakwood? Well, bingo. You have spiritual gifts. Amen? Some of you discovered them this summer. I appreciate the work we did on that, and you did the assessment. That's great. There are spiritual gifts in this body. How many of you would say you kind of know what your top three spiritual gifts are? Anybody would say, raise your hand and say, I kind of know. Yeah, I kind of know. All right, not enough of you. But we have spiritual gifts. Whether you know them or not, you're gifted. That happened. Woohoo! I love it when things are checked off and I didn't have to do them, right? This is done. Yeah. Two, we have Christian leaders. You have all sorts of leaders, uh, elder board and deacons and pastors, and then you've got uh, women that lead Bible studies and teach and do things. We've got people at Oakwood that are Christian leaders to equip this body. We've got it. Bing! Check mark. Third one, we need complete participation. Let's say those two words, ready? Complete participation. As I'm looking at these three, God did number one, thank you, God. Two, God gave us number two. The only thing that's in question in this list is number three. And honestly, I can't put a green check mark by that. (laughs) I'm not so sure we're all completely participating. That's what it takes. For the body to be complete, full, and growing, maturing, each part, everybody say each part. That's you, <laughs> that's you, needs to be doing its part in the body, serving, growing. And as each part does its part, the whole body is succeeding. We work together. It's a body thing. So here's where we're going to go off the rails. Growing into Christ who is the head. That's what Paul just talked about. You know, I just, I couldn't help but the visual. The visual came to mind. We're the body. Everybody say, we're the body. He's the head. Everybody say, he's the head. And we're to grow into the head. Yeah, we're to grow into the head, right? So I couldn't help but to think of this guy. Now, now Listen. I, I got to tell you, straight up right now, I've never watched Boss Baby. I had to actually look it up. Who's this big fat head baby? What is this all about? I've never seen it. So if you've seen it and it's the world's awfulest, most raunchy show, I don't care. I'm not promoting the show. I just needed a big headed baby, okay? Now listen, I want to say this about our Oakwood babies. We have some of the most beautiful babies ever born at Oakwood. We've got none of those huge 
had little body babies. We got perfect babies here at Oakwood. So I couldn't use any example from anybody here, but you've all seen, have you ever been and seen a new baby and thought, oh my goodness, that's a humongous head. Anybody? Come on, let's be, men, men will agree. All right, men will be honest. All the women are like, no, yeah, come on now. We've seen some big honking heads on babies. If you see the big honking head on a baby, you're like, oh Lord, help that baby to, help that baby's head to stop growing and let the body catch up right? So this is the image. This is, this is where your pastor goes. When I have to preach about the head is him. And we're the body. Not, I don't know if that's actually good. This is actually a better analogy. I feel at times that Christ, the head is full and the body is weak. The body can't support it. You know, what a terrible thought to be the body. And we can't support the head because the body is not growing. Whether you want to think about it being a baby with a humongous head or you want to think about it as a cartoon picture of a a big head and a little body, either way, this is a problem. We don't want to be this church, amen? If Christ is the head, we've got some growing to do. To grow into the fullness of all that Christ is, that's a heavy load, it's actually a humbling load. As, As one of those pastors on that list that has to equip you, I'm like, oh man, we've got to grow. We've got to grow into the head, to the fullness. And how does this happen? Well, it's interesting that last verse. Let me read the last verse, then we'll be done. From him, the whole body, everybody say whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament. Everybody say ligament. Grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Now, Aristotle had this thought about the body way long time ago. Not Aristotle Kennedy. We're talking way, way long ago. Old, 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 old Aristotle. He didn't understand it all, but he, sure, he was pretty sure that somewhere in our body there were all these little connections. They're called halfies. Halfies. It's a fun word to say. Little points of connections within the body. And Aristotle thought, you know what? If your halfy gets disconnected in your elbow, your hand's in trouble, right? Now, Aristotle might not have known what he was talking about, but boy, he was awful right when anybody ever have a sciatica nerve pinched? Uh Uh-huh. Anybody know what happens when that sciatica gets pinched right here? Whew, this whole leg is in trouble. Why? Because there's a connection point that travels down through here. Now, my back problem has been almost two years now. Remember, I still have no feeling in this shin, none. I cannot feel this shin at all. I've asked the doctor, he's like, yeah, you might never, you might never get that back. That's just nerve damage. Why? Because my nerve was pinched here. The connections were damaged. And now all of a sudden I have problems here, right? You'll notice in the summer, I always have band-aids on and stuff because I can't feel this. I always bash my shin on stuff and bleed all the time. It's awful. It's, it's not good to not have feeling. Isn't that interesting how pain was how God helps us? Like, you know, my wife would just say, you're bleeding. Oh, I didn't know, right? Pain helps us. If the connections aren't there, it's miserable. If something happens in your shoulder... You don't have anything going down here. If it's disconnected here, you got no action here, right? You can do this with all of your body. (laughs) And so Aristotle had it right. 
maybe not exactly the details, but he understood that there are little points of connections. Paul comes along later and talks about every supporting ligament, the connections within the body. Why is this important? We need happy halfies. That's what it comes down to. We need happy halfies here at Oakwood. You, here we go to the individual again, you're a halfie. You're a halfie in this body. Did you know that? In order to make the happy body at Oakwood, we need happy halfies, which means you need to be doing your part. You cannot be disconnected. If you're disconnected, something's not working properly. You're like, it's not about you though, so I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about the body. If you're not doing your part in the body, the body is affected. You're like, well, it's just me. You know, I'm just, I'm just in a season where I needed uh, to take some time off. I'm, I'm retired. I get that one all the time. I'm retired. Uh, I'm, I'm this or I'm that. Or oh, they've got plenty of this. They got plenty. No, if you're not doing your part, the body feels the effect because that connection is not being made. You're leaving us hanging. <laughs> you're leaving us loose. The body matures as the body has happy halfies. Are you being a happy halfie? Are you being a happy halfie at Oakwood? I see little connections happen all the time. It's the most beautiful thing as a pastor when you see people caring for people, people loving on people, people caring and making sure that things are, 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 people are being helped, right? Happy halfies. Each one of you needs to be a happy halfie at Oakwood. What's your connection point? Have you found a connection point? And if you've been connected, how does that affect the rest of the body? Are you thinking about down the, down the line from your connection point, how you're helping the body mature and grow? It's each one of our parts. Please today, a day of all days to preach this passage, don't think, phew, we hired another pastor. So he's gonna come and connect all the things that are disconnected. No, no, he's gonna come help the body Step up and connect. (laughs) But it's you. You're the ones, not him, not me, not the elders. You're the ones that have to step up in your giftedness, participate completely, full in for the body. Happy halfies. Everybody say happy halfies. Let's pray. I'm going to have the team come up. Oh, I didn't finish the slide. While they're coming up, before we pray, I'll just give you... People love uh, take-homes, right? So, so what is it? What is it that needs to be happening? If you look through this passage, verse 12 to 13, it talks about Christ's likeness, right? That head, the body. Uh, we're the body, he's the head. Stability, verse 14. The body is, if it's unified, growing in unity and maturing. And then it's love, verse 15. It's cooperation, verse 16. This passage is following up on last week's passage of all in, all one, one God, one body, one Jesus, one salvation. And all together we're maturing in Christ-likeness, stability, love, and cooperation. Today the takeaway is this. Am I doing my part? That's a question you should ask. Am I part of the body or am I excluded? Am I just part, part of the way in? Am I just coming to get or am I coming to connect? Connect. Everybody say Connect. Uh, today, I, I, I didn't look at my notes while I was preaching. I was winging it. But I, I forgot to mention something really cool. 
in all this stuff we're talking about, a new pastor coming and new things, we've started a new initiative at Oakwood that you're going to hear about just for a second today. It's called Connections. <laughs> Interesting, huh? That happened this week. We were working on that this week. It's called Connections, and we're talking about little halfies, happy halfies today at Oakwood and the connectivity. And so Sheila Merritt has taken on a new responsibility. She's my right-hand lady who's going to be working with a team of people simply on Oakwood Connections. Halfies. Halfies. <laughs> Connecting you with the body. What does that mean? Well, there's going to be a couple of things. There's going to be events just to get us together. We're going to start this New Year's with a New Year's celebration on, not on New Year's Eve, but on Saturday before New Year's Eve. We're going to be inviting the church to come together for a beautiful dinner, a really nice dinner here at Oakwood, so we can be together, right? Connections. Everybody say connections. And then they're working on new initiatives that I've dreamed about, Julie and I have talked about since we've gotten here. we did something called Dinners for Six a long time ago where people would gather and have dinners for six, like three couples or two couples and two singles, and we would have dinner. Well, they're taking that on and they're dreaming up a new way of doing where you can sign up for a dinner club. And you would meet with other people from Oakwood at a restaurant. Everybody buys their own, but you have dinner together. You sign up and you get connected and it's just connections. It's just a way to connect people. There's lots of ways that we want to explore how Oakwood could be happier halfies. <laughs> happier halfies, connected to one another, maturing as a body, not just a bunch of individuals randomly coming to a service, but a body. Be praying for that and be looking for that. We're gonna be hopefully getting that going full force as we get into the new year. Let me pray for uh, us as we close out in worship this morning. Father, I thank you for what you're doing here at Oakwood. We thank you for a new pastor to come and assist us with all the organizational skills, administrative things, helping the ministries flourish, helping us get better at discipleship. God, all these things, equipping, equipping this body at Oakwood to mature to be growing into the head, which is Christ. Help us to do that, Lord. And help us to be happy halfies. Help us to understand who we are in this body, as a collective, as a group, as your church. And help us to be those little connection points and doing our part to make this church effective. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.